When I was a fresh new psychiatry resident, I had no idea that there were people out there who hated me because of what I did for a job. We're going to talk about anti-psychiatry. In anti-psychiatry, there's a lot of kind of nuance. There's a lot of discussion about what it is, what it's not. So let's jump into it for me. My name is Dr. Mirza. I am a psychiatrist certified in adult psychiatry, child adolescent psychiatry, and addiction medicine. If you're liking what you're seeing, remember to give us a like, a subscribe, a follow, all that stuff. It's much appreciated. When we're talking about antipsychiatry, the idea with antipsychiatry is that it is a movement that is based on the idea that psychiatric treatment causes more harm than good to patients. Going back a bit, we have to talk about the history of psychiatry and we have to peel back some of the ugliness that was definitely there. An important thing to remember is that mental illness has always been there. It's not like schizophrenia, depression, anxiety, these things just popped up 30, 40, 50 years ago. These things have been there as part of humanity. And what happened to people who were deemed to be mentally ill? They were thrown to the side. They were cast off. They were put into communities. And what we saw later in society is we saw asylums being built, the lunatic bin, the madhouse, these places that were popping up where all these people were being housed together. These things which have been popularized in media such as Shutter Island and other stories were terrible. They were definitely inhumane. People who were there were forced to undergo things like interrogations, torture, forced work, servitude, almost slavery to an extent, terrible sexism, terrible abuse was occurring, physical abuse, sexual abuse. And there was a huge power dynamic. You have people who were keeping the people who were in these places together and that were in control of them that were potentially exploiting and or abusing them. Going forward a bit into things like the 1930s, we have the development of things like ECT, electroconvulsive therapy or electroshock therapy. Also things like lobotomies, which were performed for about 12, 15 years or so. There was about 50,000 or so lobotomies that were performed in America. When we dig through a little bit in history, we also see that the Nazis were involved in things like euthanasia of people who were mentally ill. This is practicing this idea of eugenics, eliminating or trying to clean up, quote unquote, the gene pool. Some advances that helped to stop some of these things were things like the 1940s, we saw psychoanalysis. So kind of the early precursors of a psychotherapy start to show up. And in the 1950s, we have the development of the first group of psychiatric medications, the first being Thorazine, which of course had its own drawbacks. In the 60s and the 70s is when we started to see the rise of anti-psychiatry. There are a couple doctor psychiatrists who were very prominent. Uh, Thomas Zass, a Hungarian psychiatrist, was one of the leaders, even though he's kind of distanced himself in the past from the term anti-psychiatry. And also Artie Lang, he was another psychiatrist who was a big proponent of this. We also have the rise of Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard, and the CCHR, the Citizens Commission on Human Rights that developed. And if we look at what some of the core beliefs of Scientology, it is a very anti-psychiatry in a way that's saying that psychiatry is this terrible organization and psychiatrists must be stopped. I remember in residency when we had um, one of our attendings went to the Scientology Museum in Clearwater, Florida, brought back some of the pamphlets. And what they were talking about was psychiatrists 
calling us rapists, calling us abusers. This is the kind of propaganda, this is the kind of discussion that shows up that's there. A lot of people who make up the field, this huge umbrella term of anti-psychiatry, are people who have been harmed by psychiatry, psychiatric survivors. They're people who've had negative outcomes of therapy. They're people who've been had negative outcomes to medication. They've had people who've been involuntarily hospitalized, people who've been committed against their will, and are forced into treatment which may have had negative outcomes on their life. As progressive and as liberal as psychiatry appears to be today, it used to be very much in line with what the times were. Going back to the 1800s during slavery in America, Dr. Samuel Cartwright, a psychiatrist, came up with this idea of drapetomania, which basically said that slaves had such weak mental fortitude that they were unable to do anything else except be slaves and that slavery was a good institution for them because it gave them structure and things to do and helped alleviate this mental illness of dreptomania. You hear these things and you're just like, where is this coming from? But this is what it was. We also had things like homosexuality being part of the DSM. It was defined as a mental illness until DSM-3 is when it was eliminated. Gender dysphoria only showed up as a term in DSM-5, before there was transsexualism and all these other kind of mental disorders that were there targeting the LGBTQ plus community. Some of the other concerns that show up are stigmatization and weaponization of diagnoses and disorders. And that term disorder itself, right? When we talk about things like neurodivergence, people who are on the autism spectrum, the term disorder comes up and it shows that like, is this something that is quote unquote wrong? Or is this just a variation on what is quote unquote normal? So there's a lot of loadedness in those words and the diagnoses there. We also have to understand that in psychiatry, there is a lot of subjective versus objectiveness. And there isn't, you know, this is one of the drawbacks, one of the failings of psychiatry is that we're not able to do an x-ray. We're not able to do a blood test. We're not able to do all these things that may give us a clear, precise diagnosis. One of the other complaints and concerns that shows up and also the rise of psychiatry and the ties that have been there with the pharmaceutical companies. One of the things that I talk about with my patients and often discuss as a whole is that psychiatric medications are not benign. They are potentially dangerous. They are very powerful medications. They are affecting our psyche and they have effects on our body as a whole. So we have to be aware of these things. So when we talk about psychiatric medications, it's very important to always give and provide as thorough informed consent as possible. There's one of the criticisms is there is that some of the benefits of psychiatric medications have been promoted more so and the risks, potential downfalls of medications have been kind of minimized. The other thing that we have to realize with psychiatric medications is that while psychiatrists, scientists as a whole may understand what the medication does on a molecular level, what the mechanisms of action are, we're not fully sure about what that means, what the actual effects are. What does it mean when we raise our serotonin levels in the brain? Does it automatically mean that depression is going to go away and anxiety is going to go away? No, of course not. So we have to understand that there is uncertainty with these. We don't always know what the medication is going to do. So what are my thoughts as a psychiatrist on psychiatry and anti-psychiatry? What I say is that psychiatry is an imperfect field. Absolutely harm has occurred. Nobody is denying that. History is ugly. We've seen this throughout the centuries is that people with mental illness have been treated poorly. People who have been there who are supposed to shepherd and help these people have harmed them. But at the same time, there's benefit that can occur. We know that there's benefit. We know from my patients, from so many other patients around the world 
from the patients themselves who will say, psychiatry has saved my life, the medication has saved my life, therapy has saved my life, the interventions that are part of it have saved my life. So we can't throw out everything because we throw out the good that comes with some of the potential bads that are there. So it's really important for us as a psychiatrist to police ourselves, for us to regulate ourselves, to call out the people that are not doing the good job, to make sure that we are discussing risks and benefits, providing informed consent for anything and everything that we do. And this goes for all of medicine as well, not just in psychiatry. We have to work on making sure that any treatments that we do that they're voluntary, they're what the patient wants, what they desire, and that they're not forced. And we also wanna make sure that we're trying to minimize medication. Polypharmacy is one of the dangers of medicine. Too much medication has potential for increasing side effects, increasing the effects of other medication, and causing a whole slew of problems that we wanna avoid. What will I do? What will I continue to do? I will continue to defend my field against people who wish to abolish who I am and what my job is. So when I get messages saying that I'm a child abuser, when I get messages saying that I'm gonna report you to CPS for drugging children and forcing them to do things, when I get messages saying that I'm a blight on society and I'm causing more harm than good, I'm gonna defend myself against that. Because if we take things to too much of an extreme, when I'm very much saying, acknowledging some of the concerns that are there and hoping to find that middle ground, hoping to find a way to improve things, we have to fight back when those things happen.